Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. We are so glad that you're with us today. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I think is probably a question that people have asked often, and it's wondering if God has failed you. Oh, this is going to encourage you. I believe it's going to increase your faith and hope and trust because God is a God of, of so much power, and he loves us so much. And even though we have to go through trials and tribulations, he is right there with you, and he will never forsake you. And that is what we want to uh, relay today. That's my burden, to have us understand that you can talk to him 24 hours a day at any time, any hour, regarding anything, and he will not fail you. Right. We had somebody contact us recently, and they were discouraged and they felt like God had failed them. And the reason was is because in their mind, the prayers they have been praying had not been answered on their time schedule. And I would ask you today, have you ever felt like God let you down? And if you were honest with yourself, you would probably say that maybe there's times where you have felt like you have been let down by God. But I think before you say that God has let you down, we have to get to the point where we understand that God makes no mistakes. And so by believing that he's failed to answer a prayer request in the time that you had, or by believing that he's failed to bring your spouse home, is saying that God is not God, that he's not perfect, and that he made a mistake when he did not solve your problem. He made a mistake when he did not answer your prayer. He made a mistake when your relative did not get healed. And that's simply just not true. Lori, I totally agree. I mean, there are so many um, circumstances that you go through when you have marriage issues, when you have um, separation, divorce, and then child custody, and all these different um, issues and circumstances that you go through. And, but we have got to remember that God is able to do abundantly more than we can begin to imagine. In fact, I want to read a scripture uh, to begin with to emphasize this. And it's in one of the scriptures that God gave me early in my stand, and I memorized it, and we use it frequently. But this is one that you may be able to speak out loud and tell the devil to leave you alone, and that regardless of the circumstances, that God is greater. God is greater. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And this is saying, God will, will do more for more than we ask or even can imagine in, in praying. His plans and purposes are far beyond what we can understand. And this promise is dependent on having a personal relationship with our Lord. And that is the first question we always want to say is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? 
And the next question I know you may say, well, I'm praying for my husband or wife or my children to have salvation. Well, that's, that's the key. But your walk with the Lord is so important because he is so close to you and he wants to guide and direct your every step in all that you do. And he will. He will guide every step. He's promised that. Um, Jesus can identify with the feelings that you may have when he was in the garden um, before his crucifixion. He prayed to God and he said uh, and asked God, if it's possible, can you take this cup from me? Meaning, if it's possible, can I not endure what, what is to come? And Jesus knew what was coming and knew the um, trial that he would be going through over the next few days, but he knew that God had a plan and a purpose for it. And he has a purpose for everything. He has allowed what is happening in the world today to happen. He's allowed what is happening in your family to happen. And we can't understand that this side of heaven. We can't understand how bad things happen. Why do um, children have to go to bed without a mom and dad in the home? Why do husbands have to be unfaithful to their wives? Why do wives have to be unfaithful to their husbands? But we have to understand that in this sin-stricken world that God has allowed it. And so because of that, we can trust that he has a purpose for everything that he has allowed. And we don't want it to feel like God has failed you because he did not. There was a plan and a purpose for the suffering that Jesus endured on the cross. And there's a plan and the purpose for the suffering that you're walking through today. And we don't want to give the enemy traction or give the enemy a win by letting him see you defeated. You know, you have to remember that we are walking billboards for Jesus Christ. And the world around us is either seeing a person living in defeat, a person that's discouraged, a person that's always in a bad mood, or they're seeing a person who has joy despite what they're going through. You know, Lori, that's so true. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what the, the word says. And I can only encourage you every day to uh, read the Bible. Um, I don't know if you have a reading plan or how strong you are in reading the Bible, but I can tell you the first thing you need to do is start reading the gospel of the New Testament. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the epistles of Paul, and you will grow in the Lord and ask the Lord to make it come alive to you that it's going to be like manna uh, that you've never read before. And even with my stand, the Lord made the word come alive to me more than after my divorce and after me giving up on Bob, I, I started crying out and, and the pain didn't go away. The pain of my divorce, of my marriage problems, I now felt like, well, okay, now I'm divorced. I'm really a failure. You know, I, I didn't, I, and God revealed to me I should have never divorced him, but trust the Lord to, to work on my marriage. I, I want you to, to trust the Lord in ways that you have never done before because he is able to do more. If I go back in Ephesians chapter 3, back a few verses um, beyond uh, Ephesians 3.20, I would like to read it to you. It's Paul writing to the Ephesians, verse 14. For this reason, 
I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's our prayer for you today. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you'll be rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So those are powerful words that are not just words. He says he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's so true. God will give us the strength for what we need to endure. And just like he gave Jesus the strength for what he had to face, he will give us the strength. And, you know, I want you to think about your prayer request and and what you're praying for every day. Are you praying that God answers your prayers for this situation and this situation and this situation? Or is your prayer that you become more like Christ? And that's the question. That's what we should be desiring is that we become more like Christ, regardless of what happens, regardless of what we're going through. Can people see Christ in you? And I'll tell you that I've never seen a person, a prodigal or a standard that's in a restored marriage that has received the answer to prayer for what they've gone through, what they were praying for. Their marriage restoration has happened. I've never seen a couple that has said they have regrets about the journey they've been on. They regret sin. They regret things that they did, but they never regret where God has brought them because they're coming out of it changed. And you have to go through hardship sometimes to come out of it changed, just like it's sunny out here in Florida today. But if it rains this afternoon, that's not a bad thing. Rain is not a bad thing. We need rain. Rain is what makes the grass grow. Rain is what gives us growth. And we have to stop avoiding bad things in our lives and praying that God removes all of them. Sometimes he's going to not remove that bad thing or remove that trial, but he's going to give us the grace to walk through it because of his power. And also, Lori, I would suggest you would ask the Lord, show me and teach me what you want me to learn. Right. Because God has a plan and a purpose, as we're talking about, but he is also a teacher. Jesus was a teacher to 12 disciples, and he taught them so they would be teachers afterwards. God allowed the Lord to go through so many different circumstances, and he allowed the disciples, which is all in the New Testament, through many trials and different circumstances, and a bad storm in a boat that we always have to remember that the Lord is right with you, and he wants to teach you. He wants to be your teacher every day, and you can ask him, Say, Lord, what do you want me to learn? What are you trying to teach me? Because sometimes he's trying to emphasize things that you need and I need to learn. And we are going through it crying and screaming. And he's helping us to go through these trials and tribulations to strengthen our faith. And I think that in that strengthening of our faith, we have to understand and identify who God is. We know he's good. We know that he is in control and we know that he does not lie. Like Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not human that he should lie. 
not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And that God is faithful. He has not made a promise that he has not fulfilled. And there can be days of doubt. And I think that's okay. And I think that God is okay with the doubt. But you have to decide if you're stuck in a day of doubt or if you're in unbelief. And I think there's a big difference. And you cannot get in that unbelief phase where you think God has failed me. It's been this many years that I've been praying for this one thing to happen and it hasn't happened. Um, I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were being thrown into that blazing furnace. And they prayed and had faith that God would rescue them. And they did not say, well, if God would rescue us, but they had faith that it would happen. In Daniel chapter 3, it says in verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So I think that's something that we can do as believers is to identify that God is able to deliver us from what we're walking through. He's able to bring home a spouse. He's able to heal a child. He's able to stop that foreclosure on the house. He's able to do whatever it is you're asking. And then, but in Daniel, it says in verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And that is such a powerful verse because their faith in God was not dependent on getting the answer they wanted. They could have burned up in that furnace that day, and that would have been a win for God. And it would have been a win for them because God's will was accomplished. And I think we have to not get stuck thinking that because it looks like God has not answered prayers in our timing, in our way, that it is a failure. God is able to do it in his timing, but getting to the point where we can say, but if not, God, I trust you. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did when they were facing imminent death. Those Bible stories that we read from Genesis all the way to Revelations, there's so many teachable truths for uh, myself, for you, and and for um, all of our standards around the world that we may think this uh, is just reading the Bible, but it's actually reading this Bible stories give us... Truth. So there are they're actual things that happen. Yeah. The real life of what right. what they learned and what that Bible is, is teaching us to apply it to our personal lives. And that's what we've got to believe. We have got to believe that what your promises or how the Lord has revealed to you to pray and stand and not give up on your marriage. You need to know that you know why you're standing and that you know that you know that remember your marriage vows that you said till death do us part, that we have got to stand in faith and hope and trusting God and not allowing the devil to defeat us with our thoughts and take captive all of looking at our circumstances instead of saying, God, you're greater. How do I handle this circumstance? What do you want me to do? Uh, reveal to me your will, your way, and, and keep on going and not get paralyzed uh, or give up of, of what they're going through. Right, and understanding that we 
don't have the perspective that Christ has. And I was just um, thinking today about a time we took a family vacation where we were in a corn maze and we did a corn maze with our kids. And so from above, if I had a drone and could look at the corn maze, it would be easy to figure out the path, how we go through it, how to get out. That would be simple. But we were on the ground looking just a few feet ahead of us to see where we should make a turn. And we got lost in the corn maze and we're stuck in there. But we have to understand that God has the perspective of God. He is not our robot. He is not our genie. He is not in existence for our will. We are in existence to be transformed into his image and to become like him. And so we have to trust that he has a perspective that we don't. And that might be a daily surrender an hourly surrender, minute by minute surrender, depending on where you're at, of saying, Lord, this seems impossible. This seems like something I don't know how to handle. I don't see a solution to this, but I trust that you will make this work out for your good and for God's glory. And if we're trying to become like him in his image, then that should be our daily prayer. Lori, that is an excellent word, surrender. Because if we surrender daily, or we surrender sometimes hour by hour or by minute by minute, that will, it will increase your faith and hope and trust because you're, you're saying and crying out, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. He will never complain to you that you're speaking too much to him or crying out too much. He wants to have you know that he is your advocate. He is your protector, deliverer, healer. He is your husband or wife for this season of your life. And we've got to understand that God is able to do abundantly more than we can imagine. In fact, one of the scriptures the Lord gave me at the very beginning of my stand, in I have it in a, a plaque in my house, is Luke 1, verse 45. Blessed is she, or he, who has believed that what the Lord has said to them, her or him, will be accomplished. We have to believe, and that is hard, and sometimes the enemy uses Um, throws darts at us by circumstances. But we've got to remember what the Lord has said and will be accomplished. It's past tense. It's going to happen, but we have to wait on the Lord. As Lori said, it's a journey. It's actually a journey to go on, and we just don't know when that where the destination is and how it's going to happen. And also, the journey is not your marriage being restored. And that might blow your socks off and you might want to turn this off right now. But the destination is not your marriage being restored. You're on a journey to restoration, but the destination is you becoming like Christ, period. And along that way, things are going to happen in your life. And this is one of those things. If you're going through a separation or divorce right now, this is not The whole goal of your life is this marriage restoration. It's you becoming like Christ. So how are you becoming like him every day? How do you know that you are living as a person that is being transformed? How do you know that you're not slipping into that disbelief that we talked about earlier? 
Lori, I want to say one way that we can you can examine and question and, and look at your um, life is are you radiating the Lord wherever you go? Right. Are you talking about the Lord? Are or are you complaining, crying, and upset with God, or that you're mad that He hasn't done what you've been praying for? In the midst of any one of our trials or tribulations, we can we say the Lord is able. And the Lord is able, and he's going to help me. He is never going to forsake me. And I think what we want you to do is be a, a lighthouse proclaiming that you need Jesus in your life. All of these family members, all of your co-workers, or any other person that you can see in the grocery store, do you talk to them and encourage them or say thank you or you did an excellent job? We can now get burdened about praying for others. We're on a journey, and we need to radiate the Lord. Ask the Lord to open your eyes to other people in your daily walk, wherever you go, to who you should pray for or how you can encourage them. I think if we are daily asking God to do that, to show us how we can be more like him and praying for other people and and sharing Christ with other people and being an example to other people is one way to do that. And that's a way to constantly live in the lane of realizing that God has not failed us, that he is not slow in keeping his promises, that he is faithful, and that, like you said, nothing is impossible with him. So we know that the most impossible situation is something that he's able to do. And we have to really live what we're speaking. When we're alone, we need to be the same as we are when we're out in front of people. And by that, I mean... It's easy to go to church on Sunday morning or on Saturday night, if that's when your service is, and to stand there and to worship and to sing songs like, give me faith, Lord. Um, There's a song we sing in church that says, give me faith to trust what you say. And that is a bold statement to sing that song. But when I'm in church, I see everybody around me singing that song. Give me faith to trust what you say, that you're good, that your way is the right. But it's hard to live it on Monday morning when you have no job, or it's hard to live it on Monday morning when you have no idea where your husband is because he didn't come home last night, or hard to live it on Monday morning when your child is sick, or you had a death in your family, or whatever the situation is. But it's daily saying, God, give me faith to trust what you say. And what he has said to you through his word is what we need to trust so that we can become more like him. And so we don't ever want you to feel like God has failed you. He has not failed you. God did not fail Jesus when he left him to go through what he went through on the cross. That was not a failure. God did not fail Noah when he told him to build an ark in the middle of a drought and he was looking like he was being made a fool of. God is not making a fool of you. And so it's trusting this process and this journey that he has you on. God created marriage and he made no mistakes. We need to pray for your husband or wife daily and your children for obedience. The obedience is, Bob said so many times, God spoke to him hundreds of times in so many different ways, but that he was disobedient in not putting that 
of obedience to what he was telling him to do. And that is one of the words that I would say you could put on your um, wall is pray for uh, your spouse to have obedience. Pray for you to be obedient to God's word and what he's telling you to do. But then we must pray for your spouse and all the prodigals to be obedient to God's wooing because God is speaking them to go home or stop living in adultery or stop uh, taking drugs or being an alcoholic. God is speaking to them. He's not ignoring them. He's not uh, leaving them alone, but they are disobedient and they're refusing to surrender like Lori said, that powerful word, he, they're refusing to surrender their heart and life to the Lord. But God, and us praying and standing in the gap and believing and, and continuing to pray uh, scriptures with their names in it, that is all things that increases your faith and hope. And you are a living witness for the Lord. And you are going to be a living witness for your Lord, regardless of the time you stand that you had. You said you know that you know that God wants you to pray for your marriage restoration. That is our goal for what we wanted you to understand today is to get to the point where you understand that God has not failed you and to not get stressed out and bogged down with those feelings that he's inadequate and that he has abandoned you. And I hope that um, you can just get up every day and just reaffirm that to Christ, that you are who I want to be. I don't want the Bible to just inform me of, of stories. I want it to transform me and make that your prayer today um, as you face each new battle that you're going to face day after day. That is so powerful. We hope that we've encouraged you to examine your lives and say, Lord, help me to surrender to your will and way. Lord, guide and direct me each and every day. Let me be an example. Let me be a lighthouse. And we hope that you are going to radiate the Lord. Let me leave you with a scripture that I think is um, very good. It's in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 16. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God's rest on you. If you suffer, It should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. If you are like me, you probably like to have as many things in your life automated as possible. Nowadays, we can automate so many things from telling our vacuum when to clean the house while we're at work to automating the oven to turn on to cook our dinner. Well, one of the things that people have enjoyed is our family challenge. It is an automated donation that you can make every month to Rejoice Marriage Ministries 
without ever having to think about it. When you sign up for the Family Challenge, you can pick your predetermined donation amount and on the first or 15th day of each month, depending on the date that you choose, until you tell us to stop, you will make a monthly contribution to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. You can visit www.rejoiceministries.org and click on Donate to find out more about the monthly family challenge.